This is Danny Jolkin, and you're listening to the Level Flight Podcast. Welcome into episode 67 of the Level Flight Podcast. My name is Connor. Once again, I'm joined by Brian and Elliot today. The Jets just wrapped up their Wednesday night contest, Valentine's Day game against the San Jose Sharks. They defeated them one to nothing. An absolute barn burner here inside Canada Life Center. Um, as you can see, if you're on YouTube, I am here at the game. We just finished the, the post-game interviews. We're recording this at 10 p.m. Wednesday night. Um, so this is going to act more like a post-game show, you know, just our initial reactions. And then later on in the episode, we'll get into some NHL-wide storylines. But regardless, this is episode 67. Thank you for joining us. Brian and Elliot, how are we doing? Doing good. Um, you know, I'm not used to recording at 10 p.m. Uh, so if you see me drifting off, it's because I'm old. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, I feel like I'm dressed down compared to Connor. If you're watching on YouTube, yeah, got his, his sweater over the, the collar tie shirt and tie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, there's just their t-shirts. Uh, so um, I guess that we might have to start instituting a level flight dress code. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I was going to say, I'm a little, I feel a little bit dressed down, but I was also quite dressed up earlier for Valentine's day. So I, you know, you can't really, it's a little bit of a trade off girlfriend and i got home and we were kind of like yep it's sweats and t-shirt we're done yeah but it, yep. it's it's kind of crash um you know, no, we're doing good this is i think connor and i are the only ones who have recorded this late at night i think it was after it was a post-game show i think right something yeah, like that like that i think that show. yeah that was fun i think i think that show went off the rails pretty quickly if i remember correctly so we'll see how yeah, this i had to goes. edit that yeah <laughs> yeah it went off the rails it went super long but it should this one should be good and i'm excited for part two of the new schedule yeah exactly um if you didn't hear on tuesday we are now releasing tuesdays and thursdays we're gonna have a talk we want to do live stream sundays um but we want to hear from you guys first like what times people would be most interested in for us live streaming on those days so keep an eye at level flight wpg on twitter instagram wherever you get your social media. We'll be asking you guys over the next couple of days. But yes, Valentine's Day. You know, I'm just here for the love of the game, man. What, what can I say? <laughs> okay, I had to say that, sorry. Okay, let's actually get into this game. <laughs> let's actually get into this game. The Jets like thoroughly outplay the Sharks. I think they outshot them 40 to 18 was the final count. Maybe it ended at 39. Um, but regardless, they outplayed them throughout the majority of the game. Connor Hellebuck got a shutout, but didn't have to make many saves. The dominating storyline on social media is the fact that at around the 10 minute mark of the third period, Nikolai Ehlers was demoted to the fourth line for Alex Iafalo, who moved from the fourth line to the first line. Uh, and the Iafalo, Shifley, Connor line did okay in their minutes. They had they, analytically, I think they had 10 shot attempts in those final 10 minutes. They were just throwing every puck on net. Um, but Obviously, people on Twitter are fed up about this. We, we've made our thoughts very aware of Nikolai Ehlers. 
Um, I'm going to let the guys take this first. Because uh, this, like, this is a one nothing game. There isn't much else to talk about. Um, and it seems like everyone on Twitter, everyone on social media is just kind of wrapped up in, in this lineup decision by Rick Bonus. So, Brian, your initial thoughts when you saw Nikolai Ehlers, the, the kind of the tweets or maybe the, the line rushes that came out that he was demoted? And, and what are your thoughts? Nikolai Ehlers has to be wondering at this point what he can do right because it seems regardless of what happens to that top line he always bonus always talks about he doesn't like the look of certain lines but he often defaults to certain players so at some point you got to start wondering uh what can Nikolai Ehlers do to not be the scapegoat because let's be honest Kyle Connor since returning has not looked good and I I saw it on uh on Twitter today and it made me shiver, um, but I think it's true. The Kyle Connor Mark Shifley duo is starting to feel a lot like the Mark Shifley Blake Wheeler duo. And I'm not saying that you know Kyle Connor is Blake, uh, you know, a thirty some odd year old Blake Wheeler. He's not. There are certain there's certain things that obviously he'll bring to that that top six. But in terms of like actual chemistry, uh. I've seen nothing so far since Connor's return to, you know, say that that's a combo that should be used. I don't understand why there hasn't even been a single attempt to go back to the uh, Shifley Ehlers Velarde line, because that was the best line in the NHL over that time. But Rick bonus said, I don't like what the line looked like. Why is Nikolai Ehlers the one getting shoved down into the fourth line when Kyle Connor's right there? Why does he have so much leash? Why is Kyle Connor the one that apparently can do no wrong because I've never, never seen him demoted since he's been up on that top line. It has always been Shifley Connor someone. And it is infuriating because let's be honest, we've seen more than enough times where Kyle Connor has been the sole issue defensively on that line. Shifley hasn't been great, but let's be honest, there's no one who is nearly as bad defensively as Kyle Connor has been since, you know, playing those big minutes. And, you know, I'm, I'm sick of seeing a guy like Nikolai Ehlers, who I thought had a great game tonight. He was flying around. He was doing everything that he does really well, which is skating and creating room for both himself and others. And I, I don't understand what went wrong that, that, you know, bonus said, you know what? He's the one who has to deal with the punishment. So now you're seeing Velarde, Perfetti, and Ehlers in, an, in some doghouse of, you know, insane grudges against, uh, you know, fairly inconsequential things. Velarde's had like one or two really bad plays all season. Perfetti, honestly, I can like defensively, he's strong enough that the argument that bonus has, if he doesn't like him along the walls, it doesn't hold any water whatsoever. Like, yeah, he's been struggling as of late, but uh, I still don't think that he's someone who deserves to be sat for the final 10 minutes of a game. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've been repeating this argument for weeks, but this is the most egregious sort of showing of it where uh, the top line, not being able to score and Ehlers deserve that. Why? I don't know. Yeah. And the, the questions came from Murata Tesh, you know, frequent guest of this pod and and great friend of ours. He he asked Bonus about that demotion, and he, like you said, Brian, basically just said, "I didn't like how the line played tonight." Then cut his answer short. So clearly, he didn't really want to talk about it any further. Um, Murat followed up by saying something along 
something along the lines of was it a giveaway was it they weren't generating enough what was what was that and he just said uh it wasn't just the third period he was frustrated with the whole game so if i i kind of thought when it first happened i thought maybe i missed like a brutal nikolai ehlers giveaway that i was like well obviously if if that happened and he demoted him that it wouldn't be this big of a story but after the game, Murat asked about it, and he said, no, it was the whole game. He didn't like it. And I don't think the top line had a good line analytically tonight, but I agree with you, Brian. I think Ehlers was the best player on the top line tonight. And and despite the fact that they weren't good analytically, I think he was carrying the offense when they did get it. Um, yeah. And you make a great point about Kyle Connor. He just hasn't really looked like himself since, he come, since he's come back into the lineup. Um, he came back. Then there was a break. Um, I'm willing to cut him a little bit of slack here. Um, but it, it, we're seeing what we're seeing. I mean, he's, he's struggling. He's only scored two goals in 10 games since he's returned. One of those was an empty netter. Um, and one was a garbage time goal against Philly, right? He hasn't scored any big goals. He hasn't driven offense. He's never an offensive driver. He's a sniper. So I, I can agree with that. Elliot, what were your thoughts on, on what Brian touched on that the Ehlers demotion and I getting the bump up? My biggest thing is why is I getting the bump? Like, other than one game where Ayafalo got four assists, that line has done that pair, that set of guys has done realistically nothing to deserve him to go up there. Like, I would get it if, you know, you throw Velarde back up there. Okay, well, now we're back to the, well, let's see if they, you know, generate anything because we want to see it. Right. Fine. Whatever. But at the same point, like, I just want to continue Brian's point about chemistry. The Shifley Connor connection really hasn't ever been there. But for some reasons, like we talked about on Tuesday, the mm. Shifley Ehlers connection is there. Yeah. So run with that. And you yeah. set bonus made it clear last week against the, the was that sorry, that was the pens. Um yep. that oh, I didn't know that they had this chemistry and such. So I I don't get why Ehlers has to get demoted. Just to to be clear here, uh, just so everybody knows. So Ehlers, Shifley, Connor had 12 minutes and 22 seconds of ice time tonight. They're second in on-ice XG4. Mm-hmm. But I would say they're first because in first is the Appleton-Lauer-Niederreiter line and Niederreiter with his two breakaway chances <laughs> jumps up in into that category. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do believe that if I'm correct, yeah, Nino had a 0.86 XG. Okay, well, just looking at the stats now, I will say Kyle Connor did have a XG of 0.67. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's maybe where where bonus is at. But I, still, you look at that first period and even in the second period. Well, I guess for both the first two periods, Ehlers drew a penalty. He drew two? He, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. He drew yeah. two penalties. He drew a hooking call. And uh, the other was, was it a hold? I can't remember, but I know. Yeah, that he, hold. Yes. Yeah. So he drew two penalties off of him just making great plays. So what what else does he need to do? And then at, at, at the end of the, sorry, that conversation then gets to the power play. Like, yeah. like we've, and then he draws the two penalties and then the power play is just, I mean, we've again, Nikolai Ehlers and the power play are two things we've spent a lot of time talking about, yeah. so we don't need to go too deep into that. But the power play, once again, was awful tonight. Uh, I just got to ask, like, uh, is there a point where Brad Lauer has any heat on him? Because he's running the power play. And I was, asked this, I was asked this question a few days ago, and my response was, I don't think True North 
I, and, and I disagree with this line of thinking. I'll just preface, but I don't think true North is the type to make in season changes to their coaching staff. If they're displeased with how Brad Lauer is running the power play, which they can't be happy. I mean, the power play is not good. Um, I, I feel like that's more of an off season thing that they would make that move. But my counter to that, I'm just thinking how true North might think that's not my thought process. My counter to that would be, well, what if it costs you a playoff series? which yep. I've said many times on this podcast, the power play is going to cost them a playoff series if they don't sort it out. Um, and I mean, I'm not saying it's a whole other thing, but like the jets yeah. have the, the units to create damage on the power play. And like, I'm convinced and I saw someone and I laughed at this five McDavid's couldn't score on the jets power play structure. <laughs> it's, it's just, they so are stagnant. so incredibly like motionless and boring. And they're ma- they're literally, they're doing the penalty killers job them and you'll just look at it nothing ever changes all they started doing was just throwing the puck a little bit more at the net yeah and which, that didn't even really work yeah they, which ahead, bonus made the point tonight of oh we had 84 shot attempts you know like mm. just throwing the puck at the net stuff's gonna happen hurricanes yeah <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah and that has cost them playoff series right because they can't like i think the quantity over thing, quality yeah mm-hmm. which I, I, I get the whole quantity, especially in hockey. You know, I get that too. It comes from basketball. The more threes you shoot, the better chance that you're going to have to, you know, put a couple extra in that's going to win you a game. But right. at, at the same point, it's Sorry, like... the lights just turned off. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, but yeah, I know. continue. That's why I got significantly <laughs> after hours. Here. But yeah, after hours. it's officially 10.15 on the nose. I'm turning the lights off, I guess. But no, keep um, going, Elliot. No, I was just going to quickly say that like even then you look at teams who shoot the three a lot in the NBA at some point, it's going to lose you a game because you're not going to hit that many. Right. Look at tonight. It could have lost the jets the game tonight. They could have put 84 shots on net or I guess in the round oh, the net. Yeah. And they could have potentially lost the game still because they only the scored one goal. Once. The one goal was a point shot that hit Morgan Barron and what the chest. It hit two like guys. It, it yeah. hit Lowry yeah. and then Barron. No, I think through the five hole, like that's not sustainable. It's it's the worst team in the NHL. And, and that's the biggest thing. I, the power play at this point, I think, you know, if it's not, you're going to make a change with the coach, give somebody else the opportunity. And I think that my biggest issue is they say that the power play doesn't have a problem. I, I think that's, I think that's my biggest issue. If, if I were true North and they were saying, oh, you know, like we're getting guys in the right spots. We just can't score and goalies are just unbelievable on the power play against us. Like if I could see some sort of metric, if there was something out there where someone could go back and see what the safe percentage is against the Jets on the power play. Well, you can see we- expected goals and that's not high at all. Like they're not generating no, anywhere near. But, like but, it's not like they're getting unlucky to your point. But, yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. And so it, that would be a different case. If they were getting unlucky, right. fine whatever like keep rolling at some point the puck's got to go in but like they're just not doing anything like it's yeah boop 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 in a little like triangle and then not it's nothing i think i've said this before i call games for the u18 winnipeg wild and i'm sorry this sounds really terrible but i think paul kruger and his coaching staff run a better power play at the u18 level than the winnipeg jets do at i'm saying i'm saying that because there's more movement. There's emphasis on moving the puck below the goal line and moving the puck as much as possible. It's not just get it to the point and chuck shots on net. They're trying well, to put into different places. 
I the think best that's units the in the NHL is. have a ton of movement and they make penalty killers get out of position. Yep. That's just yep. how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And the Jets, the Jets clearly don't have that. They didn't have that on this night. And to your guys' point, like the power play has been asked about and you you talked about it elliot like it's been asked about and like yeah the media is kind of holding rick bonus's feet to the fire on this thing like they're, they're not asking like um oh is brad lauer's job in question like that's i i guess that might be a rick, question when down are you the firing line. brad lauer <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i guess that might be a question down the line but like it feels like every practice i'm at every morning skate i'm at i'm hearing someone ask about the power play and it's like every single time he's been and post game too like when they when it costs them a game and he just keeps saying like yeah it'll get better like i didn't like it tonight but it'll get better it's like well it might not we are in february and, <laughs> we're, we're, at, we're at the point of, if it's not february. like yeah if it's um, not gonna get better like and I, if i'm being quite honest i'm surprised nobody has anybody asked a player about the power honest? play if i'm being quite honest i yeah. think that's something that needs to come now like if no morrissey and shifley have been asked about it a bunch and Morrissey's just and Shifley are both just kind of like, yeah, we got to move the, like he, they kind of say the same things because they're in the same meetings. They have the same game plan. So they're all going to say, yeah, we got to move the puck more. We got to get more shots on net. You know, it's kind of the cliche answers. Yeah. We haven't really gotten a, a truthful answer out of anyone yet. Um, but eventually someone's going to have to I, say I, something. And I think, yes. and at some point you kind of have to, I know this is a very pointy question. You kind of have to toe the line as a reporter. I know, but at some point you kind of have to ask, well, have you talked to Rick bonus about this yet? Like if you guys talked to, to him about maybe trying to make a change. And I know that's a very yeah. pointed question. Some guys will turn that away and just not answer that. But mm -hmm. at some point that has to be answered because we're, we're almost at yeah. that point where, yeah, it, it is I mean, what yeah. it is at this point, but there's not really much we can do other than sit here and cry about it. So they've got they've got what thirty ish sobbing, games, yeah. <laughs> sobbing. Yeah, um, the lights are off here. It's dark. It's depressing. I, I'm yeah. It's the what there's. It hasn't been sunny in days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Anyways, they they have like thirty games to figure this out. They have 30 games to figure out their line configurations. It seems very obvious to go back to Ehlers, Shafley, Velarde. Went on the road. Rick Bonus was asked about that line specifically and said, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's an option, but we wanted to give Connor, Shafley, Velarde a run. And now they've switched and put Ehlers up there and, and just Ayafalo was there in the third. It just seems kind of like a mess. Um, but the Jets scrape by the San Jose Sharks, who haven't played since January 31st, and defeat them one nothing. Connor Hellbuck with the shutout, Morgan Barron with the game winner in the first period. Um, I think we encapsulated that pretty well. Ehlers, demotion, power play, not really much else to talk about. Let's have a quick ad break here from DraftKings, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about some NHL topics, most notably the Morgan Riley suspension. We'll start with that. So stick around. Here's a word from DraftKings, and we will be right back. We know hockey games move fast. But with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet $5 on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. And there it is from DraftKings. Thanks you once again. Thank you once again, sorry, to DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. We really appreciate it. Episode 67 of the Level Flight Podcast. If you missed it, we just gave our thoughts on the Winnipeg Jets and the San Jose Sharks game. Jets winning one nothing. Now let's take a wider scope into the NHL. Um, the most notable story, I think, in the NHL, one of the most notable stories this season, Ridley Gregg with an empty net winds up for a slap shot. Um, and uh, yeah, the Leafs don't like it. Uh, and Morgan Riley travels, in the words of Department of Player Safety, he travels to deliver a blow to the head, a cross-check right to the side of Ridley Gregg's head. He gets suspended five games. They are appealing that decision. I don't think they'll win, um, which uh, a whole nother conversation is the fact that the NHLPA cares more about how much Morgan Riley is getting paid than player safety, but that's a whole nother conversation. We don't have to get into that because that'll that's a whole nother episode. This play, um, what were your guys' first thoughts when you like saw the clip because my jaw was on the floor? Um, Elliot, I'll start with you. Did you think five games was enough? Is, is that right? I, I, I'll give my thoughts after, but what were your thoughts on five games and, and the play in general? So I actually got to see this. Play. I think I was one of the only people that not one of the only people, but I was one of the few that actually got to see it live. We had just turned the TV to the Leafs sends game. Really Greg scores the empty netter. I think the Leafs had a chance on the other end and I'm still watching. And then, you know, Morgan Riley just, Boom. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I get this whole unwritten Nuts. rule thing, but like, are we really doing this? I, I, but I think the biggest, like, are you really kidding me moment is Sheldon Keefe in the post game presser saying yeah. that, yeah, th this, that's an okay way to respond. No, that is not, no, not at all. Like, I, I've had, you know what, if I'm being quite honest, I've, played and been on a couple teams where basketball, you're supposed to dribble at the clock at the end of a game. Like you don't even like hockey, you're supposed to score the empty netter basketball. You don't, you just dribble it out. And I've had guys score and whatever, and you know, you get a couple words back and forth, but nobody does anything more than like, Hey, that's not cool. Sort of thing. Yeah. Right. That you never, you're not punching anybody. You're not pushing anybody. You're not like, on two-handing somebody to the face. I think Morgan yeah. Riley, especially with them saying that it was going to be an in-person hearing, I really thought it was going to be six or more games. Mm. And I and I do think that as much as it's a hard thing to say for somebody who's a non-repeat offender, I think the reason why the NHL has people who repeat offend is because they don't put the hammer down hard enough in the first place. Like I'm, I, I as I will advocate for this for somebody who has who knows that there are kids watching this and then they're only told that they're only going to get, if they make it to the NHL, like a five game suspension, which I guess can be considered a large suspension to some, mm -hmm. some will think that that's not, that's nothing. And so they'll just go and do it. You know what I mean? I think you need to set a presence here and say it's like 10 games or something. 
And I know, I know that go, yeah. some people go, whoa, that's a lot. But I'm also an advocate of player safety. And for a guy who's in a position where he's not bracing himself, he's not ready, and he gets a full two-hand stick to the face, which could have injured Ridley Grigg as well. Like yeah, that could have been even it, worse. Yeah. It could have been worse than it was, right? So for me, yeah. I think it should have been more than five games. But I understand the NHL not wanting to do more than five because of the whole he's not a repeat offender. It's a one-time thing. Yeah. The whole yeah. that course. Brian, what, what were your thoughts? Is five games what you would have done and on the play in general? I think I, I, I'm in agreement with the five games purely because the longer suspension this season for a similar sort of it's a revenge cross check to the head um, felt more violent than this. And that was uh, Perron doing it right. to the senators, uh, of course. Right. And instead of uh, really Greg, though, it was uh, Arjun Zub taking a cross check to the side of the head right. in a play that he had no involvement in. Um, but it felt far more violent in that one. I feel like the situation warranted that five games alone. So you essentially you you come flying across the ice with your stick up high. I, I mean, I, I don't see how anything could possibly be argued less than five. Um, yeah. I will say what's important here, though, is because it's less than six games, there is only one appeal that can be made, and that's directly to Gary Bettman. Yes. There is no independent arbitrator. There's nothing that, you know, you're going to have a bunch of different viewpoints. It's essentially them going to Gary Bettman and be like, come on, man, give, yeah. give us a little less. Um, yeah, <laughs> but no, I, I think I think it was a a warranted punishment. Um, I think unwritten rules for the most part are stupid because uh, if you didn't want him to score however he wanted to into the empty net, you should have not been losing. Um, yeah. sim similar to a whole thing where in baseball, when people flip the bat and guys get upset, I'm like, I'm sorry if you didn't want someone to flip the bat. Don't give up an absolute nuke. Like, yeah, on, yeah like, exactly. Like, you know, you're you're dealing with the consequences of losing the game. So just because you're pissed at that doesn't mean you get to go over and cross check Ridley Gregg in the side of the head because he decided to shoot the puck a little harder than, you know, guys normally do. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Thought. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I agree. Like it, five games, I think, is perfect. I honestly anything less, I think, would have been too little, like two, three games is not enough. Um, like you compare it to the Brendan Dillon play, for example, it's he's deliberately going don't, to cross check the guy in the head. So, that. yeah, I, I like five. I don't know. I, I think the non repeat offender thing brought it down a little bit. Like maybe this mm -hmm. was a seven suspension if he had had a bit of a history. Um, but yeah, I think five games is fine. And uh, I, I said this on, on Winnipeg sports talk on Monday, but I just want to say again, I love the slap shot. Love it from Ridley Gregg. I also love 100%. the fact that the, I also love the fact that the Leafs don't love it. And they respond. Yep. I hate the fact that you cross-check the guy on the side of the head. If the slap shot is great, great for entertainment. The Leafs are pissed. Great. This is awesome. You're renewing a rivalry, Battle of Ontario. You go over and you 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 jump on the guy or you fight him. You don't cross-check him in the side of the head. Yeah. Like, like honestly, at least give him a chance to respond. Every, yeah. Everything was fine to me, except for the fact that he traveled to deliver a cross-check to the head. The, we're not the talking about this if he just totally drops fine. his gloves. Like, I, I totally yes I totally or pushes them and says yeah. some stuff like yeah like I I love the I love okay I love the slap shot more than I love the retaliation <laughs> like just, just like just that's awesome like yeah wind up for a clapper two feet away from the net um someone joked after that like 
I need the NHL edge tracking on how hard that slap shot yeah. was. <laughs> like, yes, we need that. But I, 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 I think even that. Austin Matthews comments where he said, well, I don't think I've seen anything like that since last weekend. Like you could see yeah. on the, his face that he was even also trying hard. He made a joke about it and yeah. he was trying to be serious. And you could see it in his face. He was trying yeah. not to laugh because I think he also thought that this is a little stupid that like, yes, he shouldn't have taken the slap shot. But yes, I don't think we need to retaliate that like that. Like that. Yeah, I have an issue with how they retaliated on the fact that they did. That's, and that's the, what I'm trying I to say. think the other issue is the the everybody else in that Leafs locker room thinking the way that Riley responded was the correct and only way right. to respond. Right. I think Which that's a whole also other my big set of conversations that, yeah, here. That that's a whole different set of conversations. But yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. think that it's a stupid situation altogether. And, you know, I'm just glad that Morgan Riley got suspended and, you know, it's all resolved now. Yeah, I'm glad Ridley Gregg is okay, didn't suffer any mm-hmm. any injury to the head. So that that's good news as well. Let's We're approaching 30 minutes here. Let's quickly rapid fire through some, some NHL things. Alexander Ovechkin, 58 goals back of Wayne Gretzky. He's on a six-game goal streak. Um do we like the Ovi story? He's back. What What's going on here, Brian? I mean, I knew he was going to, at some point, hit some sort of hot streak. He was shooting yeah. lower than he has in his entire career. And Over like, the streak, he's still, he's still only shooting like 14%. I say only because like career is higher than that. Yeah. Um. So I was waiting for this to happen. Uh. So I think he's on pace. I think he needs like, I think he needs to hit 25 this year and then um it seems easier for him next year but like it seems right. more realistic for like a like a three season thing like a one-year deal hit the record retire after it but yeah, yeah. no I, I was waiting for this to happen yeah i mean it, it's alexander ovechkin when is he not making headlines about scoring goals he's I, he'll do it it'll just depend on when so yeah i mean i it, it is what I it is. and i was saying the other day that having a a player from our generation be the goal scoring leader given how modern scoring is, would just be so cool. Like I already, I already think the argument is there for him being the greatest goal scorer of all time, but to mm-hmm. have him actually be number one would be pretty, pretty cool. So I, I, I'm super excited to follow this. And the fact he's on a six game goal streak just warms my heart. It's nice to see. I um, he's ripping clappers from the left circle too. Like it's, it, it's, it's Ovechkin. It's what he does. Um, last thing I want to ask you guys about Connor McDavid, six assists last night against the Detroit Red, Red Wings for the, Edmonton Oilers. Um, I mean, we know McDavid is good, but like six assists in a game, Brian. Not only that, but that brings him up to 602 assists in 616 career games. The fact that he's running at almost a assist per game pace. Um, I honestly think that Nuts. had he not had his sort of rhythm really disrupted by that uh, one being hurt, but two that that awful streak from the Oilers early on, he hits a mm-hmm. thousand this season. Uh, because I think yeah. he was like 164 points behind, which I mean is for him is doable, um, which is nuts. Like obviously he can't do it this year, but he's going to do it within like the first two months of the season next year. Yeah, it's just insane to me. But yeah, no, he yeah. is getting a chance to watch him is an absolute treat, whether you like the Oilers or not. Yeah, yeah. he's no. nuts. I think that's really all I have to <laughs> yeah. say. He's nuts. He he yeah. is a video game. He is literally your my player. In real life, 99 overall, all the abilities in the world. Yeah, yeah. He, that's him. Um, I think he's past Nathan McKinnon in the heart race, um, oh. just based off how he's the, the fact that the Oilers were so done and then won 
17 or 16 straight games or whatever it was. And he was the one like he's playing at another 150 point pace and he's he going to will this year. team back in. A, yeah. He's, he's going to will this team back into like the two seed in the Pacific. I think he's, he's got the heart. It's his to lose nothing against Nathan McKinnon. He's having an equally impressive season. I just think the circumstances of the Oilers and overcoming their issues has him in number one, but yeah, he's the Oilers are probably, I was saying this the other day, probably my second most watched team in the NHL simply because of Connor McDavid and the time zone that they play in. Like usually yeah. it's like jets game Oilers game. Um, and it's just like, there's all these games on the schedule and who am I going to watch? I'm going to watch the best player in the world and, and arguably the most talented hockey player we've ever seen in our lives. So that, that's just simply put, and he's playing at another level. So it's super fun to watch. Um, unless you guys have any other NHL wide storylines, I think we're right around that 30 minute mark looking for shorter episodes. I think we're ready to wrap it up. We're good. Absolutely. Oh, all right. Let's do it. Like we said earlier on the jets defeating the sharks, one, nothing on this night, follow us on all socials at level flight WPG. We're going to try and get our Sunday live stream sorted out over the next couple of days. Brian Elliott and I thank you for listening. We will see you on episode 68. It might be a live stream. It might be next Tuesday. We will let you know. Again, follow our socials. But thanks for listening to this episode, and we will see you in the near future. Have a good one. See ya. Peace. You're listening to the Level Flight Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. 